So over the course of the summer, uh, one of the opportunities that we have is to um, invite people who um, normally don't um, speak or preach on, during a Sunday service um, to share with us um, what it is that they're learning from God. Um, and this morning, uh, we have Martha Lee. Uh, Martha is part of the original group that came with me um, here to St. Peter's back um, in October 2019. Um, I was trying to think about what to say about Martha um, by way of introduction. Um, but I would say that um, one of the things that I really love about Martha is that what you see is what you get. And um, she is always um, just fully herself, um, honest, um, authentic um, in her own walk and journey with Jesus um, as she's um, gone through really hard seasons and um, challenging seasons. Um, I've seen the way in which um, her heart has been so open to like what God um, was doing in her and through her and um, how even hard things have always drawn her closer to Christ. And that's been a huge inspiration uh, for me personally. And um, the last thing I'll say about her is that she's also my sister-in-law, um, for whom I'm really grateful to be um, family with her. So join me this morning in welcoming Martha Lee. That's nepotism at its best right there. Um, so, I uh, just want to start off by saying I came equipped with my own tissues because <laughs> I will probably cry during this um, talk. And Christine, actually, what she said was very beautiful and also just started me off crying. So it's, it's going to be bad, you guys. <laughs> it's just, I'm just warning everyone. Uh, if you're not comfortable with tears, you might want to go out into the lobby and just stream it on YouTube. <laughs> um, would you all just pray with me for a second? Lord, as that song had said, your freedom and your healing is in your presence here. And so I pray that you would embody these words and that you would lead them to the hearts where you would have them go, Lord. And we lift this up to you. Amen. Good morning, St. Peter's. Um, for those of you who I haven't met yet, my name is Martha. And I am going to give you a quick bio here in a second, but I want to make sure that I start off by saying this. I've watched all the guest speakers' sermons over the past weeks, and I have come away so impressed by all their insightful observations and knowledge. And <clears throat> we truly have so many amazing and talented people in our community. And you may expect that someone who was invited to share their thoughts from this general area of the sanctuary would be someone that was, by some measure, insightful and knowledgeable. So I'm going to take this moment for us to collectively moderate our expectations for this week. So I came over to St. Peter's, as Christine said, with the All Angels crew back in October of 2019. And I haven't regretted that decision once. I've really come to love St. Peter's and you all. Uh, some of you I haven't met, but I love you anyway. Um, and <clears throat> I am an educator and a single parent to one cool 11-year-old kiddo who is on the cusp of full teenagedom. Lord, keep, keep praying for us. Everyone keep praying for us. Um, and we live in Harlem with our nine-month-old puppy, Mildred, who we call Millie for short. I'm also a baker who dreams of one day opening a cookie shop called the Corner Cookie Bar. 
I'm a home cook who loves flavor and novelty and experimentation. And I'm a foodie who loves to try new cuisines and tacos, man, I really love tacos. And I'm in charge of the meals ministry here at St. Peter's. So as you can tell, food is really important to me. It means more to me than just survival. Food is a way that I can express myself, be creative, and tangibly love others in my life and community. But what I don't love is the perfunctory cooking for my family that I have to do in order to keep my two and four-legged children alive. The daily grind of meal planning and hearing, mom, what's for dinner during normal times is enough to have me sticking hot forks in my eyeballs on more days than I care to admit. But the intensity of this dinner demand during the pandemic often felt like too much on top of what was already a lot. So a few weeks ago, the Old Testament reading was a passage from Exodus about God providing manna for the Israelites while they were wandering the desert. And I don't know about you, but I have to admit that I have a much more difficult time connecting to Old Testament texts. I'm looking at you, Leviticus and Numbers. I probably shouldn't say this out loud from a pulpity type thing, but the truth is, the God in the Old Testament seems hard and sometimes incomprehensible to me. Though I appreciate that God spoke directly to his people in those times, what he said didn't always fall into the warm and fuzzy category, and I'm much more partial to warm and fuzzy. That's why when I found myself in tears during the reading of that passage during service, I was a bit perplexed by my own reaction. I mean, who cries about manna? But as I was starting to dig into those feelings and connect the dots, I realized that they were pointing me toward a deep longing in myself that I hadn't allowed to fully surface yet. I was tired. And I realized that I desired the kind of provision that God had given to those Israelites in the form of manna and quail. I deeply wanted for God to provide me tangible sustenance to make my life easier on a daily basis too. So if you don't have any single parents in your circle, let me tell you something that I'm pretty sure was universally true. The single parents were not okay during this pandemic. What is, under the best of circumstances, a logistical challenge during the pandemic became something that was completely untenable on most days. Juggling remote school, working full time, keeping us indoors and COVID free, while also not going insane was a heavy weight to bear. And at the same time, our country was starting to collectively recognize the social injustices that have always existed for our black and brown brothers and sisters the insidiousness of white supremacy and the rise of anti-Asian violence. And personally, here are some of the things that occurred during these past couple of years. My father passed away a couple months before lockdown. We got an awesome and cranky three-legged pit bull named Steve. We sheltered in place for five months in the Adirondacks. Sophia came out as pansexual and non-binary. We returned to the city 
Steve passed away unexpectedly. I had knee surgery. We got a puppy named Millie. I started and ended a relationship. We juggled middle school applications and interviews. We moved to a new home and I started a new job. So as you can see, it's been really chill. And with all that on my very full plate, I still had to make dinner every night. So the idea of manna, this divine provision, that just flowed from the heavens every day, felt like an incredible, impossible, and magical gift. And I wanted for God to provide me that gift as well. <clears throat> the Israelites were wandering around a desert. And though I haven't spent a lot of time in the desert because I don't like the heat and I do like water, I assumed that it would be difficult to scrounge up a healthy and balanced dinner for everyone on a daily basis. And so the people grumbled. They didn't ask God nicely. They complained and whinged, just like me. They said things like, oh, how we wish that the Lord had just put us to death while we were still in the land of Egypt. There, we could sit by the pots of cooking meat and eat our fill of bread. But instead, you've brought us out into the desert to starve this whole assembly to death. Man, those Israelites really had hangry down. But unlike me, when I'm the recipient of some lovely dinnertime complaining, God didn't get annoyed. He heard them and he said, I'm gonna make bread rain down from the sky for you. The people will go out each day and gather just enough for that day. And in this way, I'll test them to see whether or not they follow my instruction. On the sixth day, when they measure out what they've collected, it will be twice as much as they collected on other days. And you know, since protein is so important, he also added that every twilight would bring quail for them to eat. The people asked, not eloquently, not nicely, not politely, and God provided what they needed every dang day. And that's what they ate for 40 years until they came to what the Bible calls a livable land. 40 years. And I don't know about you, but I don't think I'd be very happy eating the same thing every day for 40 years, even if it was tacos. So maybe I can understand if the Israelites started to take this daily provision for granted 10, 20, 30 years in and not see it as the miraculous gift that it continued to be. And that started me thinking about all of the things that have passed in my life during these strange COVID times. And I could begin to see the places where God had met me and sustained me on a regular basis that maybe it was just that this desert time has dragged on for so long that I've started to take for granted the miraculous things that God has done for me. When Sophia came out to me last summer, and I do have their permission to speak about this, I was surprised. They had expressed crushes on boys at school previously, so in my heteronormative world, my assumption was that she was heterosexual. I wasn't upset or confused. I was just surprised. 
Several months later, Sophia told me that they identify as non-binary, and I was again surprised. But this time, the surprise was also tinged by something else, fear. I am a cisgender woman, meaning that I identify with the gender that I was assigned at birth. All of the people in my village are also cisgender and to my current knowledge, have children that are cisgender. Having good friends who identify as gay, this was not something that I was completely unfamiliar with. But gender identity and gender nonconformity were a really foreign world to me. And I was scared. I was scared of something I didn't understand completely. I was scared of being a parent to a child whose experience walking through the world was so different than my own. I was scared of sending my baby out into that world that often wasn't kind to those it saw as other. And most of all, I was terrified that they would hear and believe the loud and untrue message from too many Christian communities that God loved them any less because of their sexual or gender identity. And in those places where I was tired and scared and hungry for God to meet me, he did. I asked and he provided. I was pretty quickly hooked up to some amazing folks over at PFLAG NYC whose loving and kind and gentle welcoming made me feel like I could take a deep breath while asking the questions I didn't know where else to voice. Through a very random occurrence, I met another mother of a young child whose gender identity journey was also just beginning, and she has become my biggest support system as we navigate through this parenting thing together. She lives in San Diego, and though we've never met in person, we talk every two weeks, like clockwork, about anything and everything that we need a safe place to voice. The way that we were connected feels like it could only have been orchestrated by God, and that her friendship has become an oasis, manna for my journey, sustenance to my soul on a regular basis. And there are so many other experiences that I won't have time to get into here that have highlighted not only God's provision for me, but God's abundance for my life. His manna, his quail, raining down on me to keep me filled up for the journey ahead. I don't know that I've ever fully read through Exodus before, but while I was writing this talk, I did, and was really fascinated by the stories there. So here are just a few last thoughts. Number one. Manna was so much more than just a way to feed the Israelites. Just like I like to feed people as a tangible and delicious form of love, manna was a tangible way that God showed his love to his people. Number two, the Israelites complain a lot and quite dramatically, and God still loved them and provided for all their needs even if it wasn't a taco buffet every Tuesday or moving into the promised land in less than four decades. 
even though I often have a grumbly heart towards God for what I feel he hasn't done for me in the way that I want. His love for me can see through my drama and into the heart of what I need, which if I have the eyes to see has always been provided for me. Though this is not an excuse for my crankiness, <laughs> it is a reminder that when I'm at my worst, God still sees and loves me. Number three, there are so many things about God that I just don't understand. My small human mind cannot comprehend why he allowed certain things, why his people, who he loves, had to wander the desert for 40 years. Would a couple of years not been sufficient? Why did he make Pharaoh's heart stubborn, which resulted in so much suffering in the plagues? Why did he allow so many innocent babies to die? Why does he allow people to use his name to defend their hateful and intolerant rhetoric? I'm not proud to admit that I have often wondered why God doesn't use his smiting powers more frequently. Self-righteous much? I just don't have the answers, or even a little bit of the answers. But what I can see is that even when it feels like God is not showing up or he's allowing things to occur that I would really prefer that he didn't, he is in it. And I'm not going to lie. For me, it can feel like a hard pill to swallow sometimes, especially this past weeks with all the devastation, death and heartbreak that's happening in Afghanistan, Haiti with COVID and in so many places around the world that I, I don't know about. But to paraphrase from Ian's sermon a couple of weeks ago, I just have to remind myself that God's wisdom is thankfully not my wisdom. Verse five through six from our Psalm reading today, Psalm 130 says, I hope, Lord, my whole being hopes, and I wait for God's promise. My whole being waits for my Lord, more than the night watch waits for the morning. Yes, more than the night watch waits for the morning. These verses remind me that my hope in God is rooted in this. The morning always comes, and God will provide manna for this journey every dang day. Amen.